oh, don't you really want to try that? You know, just have a little piece of the cake. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. And as you can see, it's another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace, where the cleaning industry talks. And, you know, I have the opportunity, all of these podcasts that we've done, you know, it's like, I don't know, we're in seventh season, so we've done hundreds of these. Literally, I guess we're getting over, pretty soon I'll be able to say thousands, but we're not quite there yet, folks. Um, but every once in a while, I have the opportunity to travel the world. Yeah, right here from my studio in Orlando. So, hey, why don't we travel the world and see who comes up next? I think you'll be interested in this because most of the people that I talk with are, well, maybe not my age, but, uh, you know, at least you've got kids or grandkids. So let's talk a little different today. Let's see if this works for us today, if technology is working right. Braca, are we hearing each other? Yep. You're in Israel now. Here we are. <laughs> I have traveled completely. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say around the world, but man, here we are going to Israel today, folks. So, I I see that it says author of forty two books, folks. I think we've got something interesting because I don't think they're about cleaning, are they? <laughs> Well, let's see. Let's stay healthy. I mean, that's about keeping ourselves good and clean from the inside. Yes. I mean, depends what you mean by clean. Well, <laughs> hey, I mean, there's all kinds of clean, like clean living, clean thoughts. I mean, yep. clean is a universal, I would say a universal positive word. Yes. Yes. I mean, would, would you agree to that? Exactly. I have a book about clean thoughts too. Oh my gosh, I have two books about clean thoughts. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and folks, you thought we were going to be talking about toilets and windows. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Where, where is that book? Oh yeah. Let's stay pure and don't read this book. This is about clean thinking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I saw that and I, and I thought, you know, the first thing I thought of, Baraka, is I thought, you know, the first thing you do with a child is tell them not to do something. And that's exactly what they do. And I don't think adults change much of that as they grow older, do they? You got that right. Exactly. This, this is a book about the voices in your head all the time. You know, there are voices saying, oh, don't you really want to try that? You know, just have a little piece of the cake. It knows exactly how to talk to you, you know? Yeah. So I'm teaching children from the very beginning how to use those voices, use those tricks for your own benefit. Yeah, how to overcome those little voices getting you to do the wrong things. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, and I think that's the reason why most of us don't listen to the normal 5 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock news because it's all the negative stuff. Right. That's right. That's right. And so what you're saying here is don't, you know, don't listen to that voice. Uh, so how young do you teach kids? I mean, you know, hey, uh, it, got, it starts at an early age, if I remember. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, my, I have some books for age zero. No, seriously. It's like from like babies that are a few months old. I have these books where they look at pictures of themselves. Like 
This is what children like to look at. It's photographs of other babies. You know what? I mean? <laughs> so like it gives them like a joyful look at the world from the very beginning. And they learn, they learn to see the world in a joyful way. That's, that's how I'm starting. My whole goal is to imprint on souls as early as possible. So they don't have to play catch up the rest of their lives. How to lead a joyful life. Yeah. You know what? If we would only focus that uh, that way um, all the way through our life, just not when we start. Yes. And if you gain the skills early on, you have them for the rest of your life. That That has been my goal in writing books for the youngest children. You know, we are a product of our own environment, Braca, aren't we? Yep, exactly. So you're, we, just say, you're, you're just saying whatever we start with is what we want to continue. So how long do you think that kids continue that, that message if they start that way? Yeah, forever. If a child learns early on the skills of how to be, how to have a joyful life, they've got it for life. They've got it for the whole rest of their lives. They don't have to play catch up and learning trial by error. They've got it. They can accomplish so much more in life without unnecessary pain. But there's hundreds of thousands of books out there. So what, I mean, after 42 books, I mean, you've got to be stopping pretty quick. <laughs> there's there's so much more to write about. Actually, I thought I was finished years ago, and then it just happens. People call me and they tell me, we need a book about this, we need a book about this, and I get inspired, and I'm just, there I go. I think I've said everything, and then there's more to say, you know? There's, there's, we need, we need joy in this world more than just about anything now. So that's, that's my mission. That's what I'm loving to spread from early on in life. You know, as I talk to hundreds of people every year on our podcast, one of the things I've noticed is that everybody has a reason they started doing this. You had to have something that got you off on this? Yeah, great question. You know, um, when I was growing up, I'm writing the books, basically, that I wished I had as a child, uh -huh. Book. Books that explain deep spiritual concepts in the most simple way possible so that a child can absorb them. Um, I also love explaining why. You know, um, I graduated from Harvard University and I went there because I was searching for the wisdom to life. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't exactly find that there. I found a lot of great information. It was wonderful. But I still, there was something missing that I was still searching for. Eventually, I found like my heritage, which had been tossed away. And when I brought that back into my life, I was able to finally get like the spiritual nourishment that I was craving. So that's what I love to share with children. So they so don't I'm have to go searching. Yeah. So I'm going to make an assumption here that when you said you found that may be while you're in Israel. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. that, that's how I ended up here. It's a crazy story. Okay. Well, hey, you know, that's what a podcast is. Come on, tell us the story. <laughs> okay. So after, I mean, here I graduate with honors from Harvard. I go on to medical school. And after my first year of medical school, 
I had a six-week vacation. I came to Israel that summer, and I didn't come back. I I stayed here, yeah, for ten years while my parents flipped out back in the uh, state. Yeah, I was going to say there. There's going to be somebody that's not going to be approving of this. Exactly, but I I found what I needed. I actually was suffering at that time from eating disordered behavior, food addictions. So it looked like I was successful on the outside, but inside I was like in a prison. An addiction is a prison and it was getting narrower and narrower in that prison. It was really unbearable. And when I found what I was missing, I was no longer running on empty yet. It filled, it filled that desperate hunger that I had. So your heritage is what brought you out of that? Yes, it was learning about gratitude, learning how gratitude can fill a person up. And now gratitude really is a part of my day from the minute I wake up till I go to sleep at night. It's all about appreciating life. Yeah. You know, I've had it, uh, and that leads me to a thought of my own is, you know, people say, how do you stay energized? You know, you're, what, what are you taking? I said, you know, I'm just high on life. Yes. Uh, I don't need anything more, just living. But I don't allow myself to start the day with all the negative stuff. Wow. That's, you know, very, it, that's rare. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's the message of our podcast. Positive, healthy, proactive. I mean, if, if this is the way you try to be all the time, it just becomes a part of who you are, right? Exactly. And, and, and there is um, neuroplasticity. We can become more grateful people. We always have that opportunity. Even if that's not a person's natural inclination, they can become a much more grateful person through practice. Yeah, but as adults, we definitely can see the person that's being fake about that and the one that's being authentic, right? Yes, absolutely right. It, it doesn't last long. Ch with children? Yeah, you know, I mean, children, I would say, are not as adept at faking as, as older people. But, um, but you know, um, we adults as well as children, but the earlier you, you learn it, the better to live a life of gratitude. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is I think that children have, uh, um, they don't have the blockages we do as adults, of course, they don't have life experiences yet, that's all the negative. But on the other hand, I think, and, and folks, I'm sorry if you're listening or watching the, today, uh, if you've been with me at all, you know that whatever hits my head comes usually out of my mouth. And that's what a podcast is all about, right? But, you know, I, I relate young children to a lot of animals. Intuitive. They just react to the authentic, the, the real true feeling. They feel more because they don't have all the extra baggage. Or am I going the wrong way? And it's true. We put on layers and layers of protection throughout our lives based on the pain and the hurt that we've been through. People learn to cope by protecting themselves while children don't have that many layers on. Um, you can see more of a raw interaction with a child. That's true. Um, but they can easily, even children can learn to take everything for granted. 
can learn not to be grateful early on and can and can get a feeling of entitlement about life. So oh, that's yeah. that's what we have to work on. Oh, Bracket, you just hit one of the words that I hate, entitlement. It just seems like we live in a world of that anymore. Yeah, and we can change it. We can totally change it. It's totally possible. That's what I'm working on every single day. It's, it's, it's that sense that not taking things for granted, slowing down and feeling grateful for every single thing you have. We're not going to feel grateful for every single thing, but the more things we feel grateful for, the more joy we can have in our lives. You know, it's kind of interesting that we're starting that way uh, today, folks, is because, you know, hey, it's 7 and 15 this morning. I'm getting ready to leave. And my next door neighbor taps on my window and says, can I grab a ride? And I'm like, to where? He goes, well, within three blocks of where you work. I'm like, sure. You know, his alternator wouldn't go. His car couldn't run. And he drives for Uber, folks. So, hey, you know, he couldn't go to work because he didn't have a vehicle. Um, on the other hand, as we were driving, he says, yep, but it's a great day. Wow. I'm like, okay, how come it's a great day? He said, because we're both alive talking to each other. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's a, that's a person that's really gained the skills of gratitude. Beautiful. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you know, you never know how your day, that's how my day started this morning. I mean, I'll, I mean, let's Okay, folks, I got up, I took a shower, I ate my breakfast. That's how my day started. But, you know, when you start your business day, you, that's not what I had on my agenda. But, you know, I mean, how much better can a day get started? Wonderful. To be able to do something meaningful for another person right away, that helps your soul to shine. Why children, though? I mean, of all of the things that you could have picked to, to be talk about gratitude children yes because the earlier you start the earlier you implant that sense of gratitude the they have so much more potential for a wonderful life so why did you go the the route of children with your books instead of the route of something else why yeah. why why were they the the reason for you know you would think like um Harvard intellectual, I'm going to uh -huh, write all uh -huh. these complicated things. But to me, that's the most important thing. Get to the essence of life. Actually, if you take Einstein, that's what he did. E equals MC squared. He, he got it down. He got life down to that, which is really an awesome idea. That energy connects all of us, the same universal energy. That's what I love to do, to find the essence and be able to express that in the world um, in the simplest way possible and joyful way. So, you know what? Yeah, people say, why do you like what you do? I said, clean. I just like to keep things clean. You know, and, and you hit you hit some things right there. You know, I do usually talk about like a lot of the psychology about why I do what I do. But there you are, folks. I mean, you, you, hey, you got a little bit of insight today. I, I, I mean, cleaning to me has been a lifelong career. It's been a lifelong change in. Um, 
you're right. We can change what we do. We can focus and be there. Um, you know, I had a grand, I have a granddaughter and, uh, yeah, I remember some of those early years. Um, and some of the life and some of the issues that she got wasn't quite so easy. I'm assuming that a lot of people that read your books have kids already or what, what I'm kind of interested to see what's the, I, I hate using cliche words, demographics, but I mean, I guess that's what we're saying. Yeah. It, in fact, the most popular books of all my books, they're in about almost 150,000 homes now are books about the prevention of abuse. And the children love these books. It's amazing. Now, yeah, who buys the books? Grandparents and okay. parents and schools so that they're available to children. And, and again, all my books, what they have in common is helping souls to shine. When a child has been through abuse or neglect, their soul has a much harder time shining fully, as brightly as it could. So, so helping children to prevent abuse, teaching them what to do, being proactive, and if, God forbid, a child has been abused, what to do to heal. Uh, this is really important, and it's it's actually saved many lives. So, um, there's, so it's, there's, it, it, it's mainly grandparents or parents that are, are do you think? Both. <laughs> I, I'm it not sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's another secret that people don't realize. Who reads a children's book? The child, the parent, the grandparent. It reaches every age level because even if, let's say, there's a teenager in the house and they see this, this book laying around, they'll look at it when no one's looking. They'll read it too, you know? So everybody gets the messages inside of a children's book. If you want to reach everybody, that's the way to do it. Well, you know, it, most children don't, I mean, and you're talking about young children, what, three and four? Yeah. So like my board books are for ages one month old to like age three. But my picture books, I would say are age three to like three to seven. That's mainly the age group. So they're not doing a lot of reading at three. So the parent or grandparent's the one reading them. So you're saying they get the message before the child does. And now how do they impart the message to the child, right? Exactly. The message is going through the minds of all these different people. So, And you have to make a book interesting enough because children... They don't read a book once. They want the book read to them again and again. <laughs> and the parents have to enjoy doing that, you know, so you make it. Yeah. Regardless of whether they enjoy it or not. They, you know, and I, I've heard some parents go, I am sick and tired of reading that same. But the children are hearing the message, right? Yes. And I want to make it as enjoyable as possible for the parents, you know, like <laughs> this book, I write it like on many levels. So well, that, like, yeah. that, that's yeah. where I was kind of going. You're, 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 you're getting there, Brack. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, cause as an author of cleaning material and I write my material, uh, you have to write to the audience that's actually doing the, the reading. So when you write it, you're, 
you're really thinking about the one that's actually doing the reading or the one that's getting the message. Um, yeah, I go into the headspace of a six-year-old and I go there naturally. I don't know why, <laughs> but I, you know, I just have this sense of wonder and curiosity about the world that doesn't go away. So I'm there, I'm a six-year-old, I'm talking to the six-year-old and I'm usually in the head of a six-year-old character in the book and I'm writing to the child, but I also make things fun and interesting for the parent or grandparent who's ever reading it. Things that the little child might not pick up right away. Like there's a fly whispering ideas to the children to do the wrong thing. And they've got, the fly has a mask in front. So the mask has one type of face and the fly's face has a different face. Now the child is not going to get that, but the parents right. going to, they're going to get a kick out of it. They understand that although the fly appears one way, it's really thinking something different. You know what I mean? Behind the scenes. So you're getting to see things on many levels inside the book. I think what you're talking about here is your, the subliminal message to the parent or grandparent reading, but it changes the way that they read it, which means the child then uh, retains it differently, right? Yeah. They're not going to pick up every nuance that I no. put in the book, but they're going to enjoy it on the most simplest level, which is great. While the parents are going to have a great time reading it because they're getting some other nuances that aren't so obvious to the child too. So it, it makes it fun on a fun and interesting on all different levels. Yeah. So I'm thinking that the parents are, are, are the, are, or the reader, whoever it is, is kind of adding some color that you didn't really write in there. But they could, but they don't have to. It's already in there. I mean, like the, the thing with picture books is that the, <clears throat> the illustrations add so much to the story. So we can put in the illustrations things that we're not actually saying in the words, too. It, 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 it enhances the words. So we have a blast working with the illustrators of the books, too. It's like... I, I was just thinking that, I was just thinking, you and the illustrator, uh, how do you both get in the same brain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what's so great about the computer. Again, we don't even have to live in the same country, but we're communicating with each other about what to change, how to, how to make it exactly right, back and forth until we get each page how we love it. There's so much work that goes in, but it doesn't feel like it because it's such a joy to create a book, you know? So um, we have a blast and this is how we do it until every page comes out just the way we want it. And for years, <clears throat> I worked with regular traditional publishers. So 40 of my books were published by, I'd write the manuscript, I send it out. And usually the publisher would find the, the illustrator. But now with the last two books, my children have taken over and they have become the publishers. So oh. I'm no longer sending it out and they became the Getz Bookshop. So they took over as the publisher and we are having such a great time together. It's my youngest son and his wife and they're both super creative. So every day we have these fun meetings about what the next project is. We're also doing 
things we've never done before, like audiobooks and animation and just really expanding. And, and well, here again, you know, that's why I love podcasts, folks. Now, if you were watching us, if you are now watching us on YouTube, you're going to notice that there's been a little bit of a video issue. Hey, I got to remind you, we are talking to Israel. So, hey, we're using the Internet. Uh, but if you're listening to the audio, you didn't see all of that. So hang on. Um, but, you know, as you were talking there, I was thinking a family affair now I understand how y'all are getting in the same brain because y'all think about life now. Yes, exactly. Makes it so much easier now. Uh, books, I mean, when you put out a book, tell us, I mean, how long did it used to take? And I guess with the family, it takes a little shorter time now. In a way, yeah. And it depends because some illustrators take a very long time and some are really fast. So a lot depends on the illustrator. It could take months for an illustrator to do a book or weeks, depending on their schedule. You know, it usually, usually it takes one year for a book to come out from when it, it's first born, from when it's first created till it's born into the world. So you, you, are you constantly writing? I mean, I mean, are you about to slow up with 42 of them already out there? Yeah, no, I, cause, in fact, I was on a podcast the other day, and I've been talking a lot about the pleasure ladder. I didn't talk about that here yet, but suddenly the podcast host said to me, well, why don't you write a picture book about the pleasure ladder? And I go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that to me. <laughs> I mean... People were telling me to write a book for adults about the pleasure ladder, and I was not excited. And the minute she said, write a picture book about it, I got so excited. I started doing it the next morning. I'm still working on it, but that's that's the newest thing that happened. Yes. Well, I got to tell you, as, you were, as you've been talking uh, to us today, I've been thinking, you know, kids today do everything either audio or, uh, you know, uh, or video. And I'm like, okay, so you probably have a YouTube channel that has hundreds of children's videos, right? I mean, I've started making videos. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Okay, so folks, if you're watching uh, today, you've probably seen her email address scrolling across. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, it's going to be in the show notes. Uh, you also can see on their... Uh, the uh, bookshop address for the .com. You can go there. Um, I, I imagine that we can see the past podcasts from other people, the YouTube videos, all that. Yes, terrific. Yeah, and I, I, I also zoom into classrooms. I go all around the world giving presentations about my books. I, I've been to continents I've never really been to because of this. You know, <laughs> Asia, Africa all over Europe. I mean, I love Australia. I love it. So it's very, it's, it's a, it's a great joy. You know, and I think that's kind of what we were, you know, what's universal, you know, whenever I talk to people about cleaning, um, there's not a place on the planet that I can't go. Cleaning is everywhere. We, we all clean at some level. Uh, and just like you, you know, I've been able to travel the world through the internet like this. So we use all these things to the positive advantages of everybody. Yes, exactly. Use it for the good. Yes. 
So I got a feeling that your kids may bring you into the world of AI soon. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Uh, well, but AI might write the books for me soon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I, you know, everybody's playing with all of these different things um, because at some point, and you're right, here you've went from, you know, months to year. Now you're in months to weeks with being able to because of your family working with you. Uh, what was the first book? The first book I wrote when I had little children, I was sitting outside. Actually, I was in Israel. No computer. I wrote it. I hand wrote it, put it in an envelope, mailed it to America. And six weeks later, I got back a letter saying that my book was accepted. So I said, oh, wow, this is how you write children's books. Yeah, that was great. So that's how it got started. How long did it take back then to get it actually in? So, I mean, it took six weeks, but I mean, it took you a while to write it and then the six weeks. And then how long before it actually was out there? And you could say, I got one. Probably. I don't remember really, but, but the thing is I had no communication with the artist. It was so different back then, you know, right. until I saw the book was when it was in my hands. There was, no, there was no interaction or anything like that back then. Yeah. So we all grow, right? Yes. Big changes have happened. We, the world's become a smaller place in many ways. Yeah. How much time do you spend back in the U.S.? Um, it's going to be changing, but like half of our time about right now. Yeah. So uh, I, when you say our time, are the kids there with you now? So our youngest daughter lives here with her family. And, um, but all the rest of my children, I have six all together and they're all in the States. All of them with their families are in the States. Yeah. You know, the, I think this is one thing I really enjoy about our podcast that we do every Monday, folks. Uh, if you've been with us for, you know, we're now in season seven. So uh, just like what you're saying, you know, when I started doing these, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to get up here and talk. And then, you know, now it's taken on a whole nother life. And, and as you just explained, Things are much easier, much faster. I remember those days. But, you know, writing a book is still, I got to get it out of here and out there. That's the process that a lot of people don't realize. Yes. I tell people it takes 20 years and 20 minutes to write a children's book. You walk around with the idea for 20 years and it just takes 20 minutes to get the rough draft down on a piece of paper and then you're on your way. So I encourage people contact me like every week. I have an idea for a book. What do I do? I just, I love, I've helped so many people get published and it's just a great feeling to get it out of here. Like you say, out into the world. I, you know what I can't though, uh, bracket still hard for me. Uh, is how the world now gets our information. We just did a, a series on, on how, how do you get your information? Is it five seconds, 
50 seconds, five minutes. Uh, I'm still in the age group, folks. I got, I tell you, I, I got to get more than my information comes more than in five second bites, but yeah. so it, are you, are you finding that you've got to keep these books short? That's, I write short anyway. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm not a person of a ton of words. So like my memoir is the only book for adults. And I didn't even write that one because I just took excerpts from diaries I kept, my journals, my letters, and I put it together, the highlights, and that became the memoir. But I just write these books, which are short, that are good for reviewing to really integrate them into your being. That's, that's my purpose. I, I don't write really long things. Yeah. So folks, these are not bedtime stories. That's not what we're talking about. Well, they're books that help souls to shine in this world as brightly as possible. They're unusual books because they're all in a way spiritual books for children yeah well folks i told you that we talk about anything and everything and it's not always about cleaning in the normal sense of the word that you might have thought about um bracket is there anything else that we want to talk about before i ask you my two questions that i always do oh can i briefly tell you about the pleasure ladder sure let's go okay it, it, it's it's so helpful. The most, there, there's five levels to the pleasure ladder, five rungs, and it corresponds to our five fingers. In other words, we can bring pleasure into our lives at any moment. We have the power. It's not dependent on anybody else. And these five levels, they correspond to the five levels of the human soul. There's the physical level that's connected to our bodies. Everything like a natural thing, a natural food or movement, exercise, dancing, swimming, music, being in nature. These are all physical pleasures that uplift our body and our soul. What's an even greater pleasure? Love. Love, how could it not be dependent on anyone else? Because it's just you focusing on the virtues of another. What do you appreciate about someone else? That's how you bring love into your life. Meaning, like you said this morning, doing something meaningful for your neighbor right away, it filled you up. This is an even more lasting pleasure. What's higher than that? Creativity. When we do something creative, we're in a zone. We don't feel like eating or sleeping. It's such a great high, like doing a podcast. And the highest is transcendence. It's 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 when we feel the unity, how we're all connected. We're all connected to source energy, and we're we're really flowing. Then, when we recognize that we're all united, and so this this is the pleasure ladder. People can actually um, download a more intricate um, uh, chart that I made about this on on my website, but it's it's for free. It's, you could just download this, but it's very helpful because it helps people to realize there's an abundance of pleasure in the world at every moment, and there's only one price to pay to climb the pleasure ladder, 
and that's gratitude. Gratitude is how we bring joy into our life. Yeah, and this reminds me so much of a book that a gentleman told me a long time ago to read, and and it was the old, it, it's an old book now, but very, very true, Who Moved My Cheese? Yes, lovely, wonderful yeah. book. You know, and, and, and what you're saying here is you just got to focus on the right thing. You know, that's, yes. that's what the gentleman, you know, that's what it was all about. You know, every day there's going to be change. What are you going to do to change the world? What are you going to focus on that's going to change your life? Well, you call yes. it the pleasure ladder. It's all kinds of different ways. But, hey, I imagine there's a book that goes along with this. Hopefully coming up. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, since you didn't show me a book and you showed me, you know, the, the, the print out there, I'm like, I know there's something being created. I can just feel it. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, folks, if you weren't on the video uh, here on YouTube, you didn't get to see that. So I guess you're just going to have to go to the website. You're going to have to go find the pleasure ladder and download it so that you can see it if you were listening today. Yeah, enjoy. Just bring more gratitude into your life because any minute that we're that we're being grateful, we're not being miserable. There has to be a book in all of these, uh, Bracca, that has to be the one that's the, I, I guess, you know, the one that speaks to you the most. Yeah. Well, the newest book... This took me 30 years to write. I'm not kidding because <laughs> I really did. I wrote it like 30 years ago, but I didn't feel it was ready. More time goes by. I keep adding to it, adding to it. Finally, last year, I came up with the punchline. It made the whole book. It made it. I, it was ready to be born. So I put so much of my life experience into this book. So, yeah, I'm very very drawn to it. Yeah. Folks, so it doesn't really matter where you're at on your journey of life. Uh, you know, don't forget what got you here. Don't forget all of those things. It may take you 30 years to write the most inspiring book you have. Who knows? That's right. That's right. Well, I didn't know, folks, exactly what we were going to talk about other than I knew it was a, a, a time to talk about kids' book, which is something we usually don't do here on Beyond Clean. But I imagine that a lot of our listeners do have uh, a family of some sort, that maybe there's a child in there somewhere that could benefit, maybe even a parent or grandparent, too. Yeah, and there's a child inside of everybody. Yep. <laughs> It's been great to have you on. I have two questions I ask every new guest on our podcast. Sure. Where were you born? It, I was born in Queens, New York. You know what? I had it. I had it pegged as uh, you know. Whenever I first heard, I was listening to some of your podcasts, I said New Jersey or New York. You got it right. <laughs> oh yeah. I got, I have the Brooklyn accent from my parents. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so then my other question to follow that up is, um, what is on your personal, not business wise, not your family, yours, Bracca, what is on your personal bucket list for this year? Mm. I, 
I just really want to add more gratitude to my life. There, there's no limit. There is no limit to the amount of gratitude. There are still things I take for granted. You can always up your joy in life. So, so what, what, what's that one thing that you want to do this year to do that? Get that joy, get that. What, what's that one thing you want to do? I can't think of anything I'm not doing already. I really love my life, you know? <laughs> it's, just, it's just filled with all of these things that, that nourish both my body and my soul. So it's been a big journey to get here. And I'm really grateful for how every day gets spent. I just want more of the same. Yes. Folks, you know, we talk with, like I said, all kinds of people in all kinds of walks of life. And as you heard today, in any country around the world, uh, that is the great thing about podcasting and the internet and everything that we have the advantages of today. So use those advantages to make sure that you abide by our three words. Now, there's a reason I asked these two questions of Bracket here before we go today. And thank you very much for being on the show today. I appreciate that. I'm sure that our listeners are going to uh, appreciate some of your comments and going to your website. Um, I'm sure that they're going to buy, well, some book somewhere in there. They got 42 choices now. <laughs> we now know where Bracca was born in that upstate place called New York. We also know that she's going to add something to her life that brings joy. Don't know exactly what that's going to be, but we know that's what she's going to do. We know that there's been a journey in between. And my words to you today, as we close our show, is make sure that whatever your journey is on, make sure that it is healthy, positive, and proactive. Till we talk again, thank you for watching or listening as it might be. Thank you.